this is Mike Dilt with the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio, your global real feel-good radio station. On the Relax Back UK show we explore all kinds of health topics, so keep listening and enjoy the ride. Thank you for joining me with the Relax Back UK show this week. The show is made possible by the kind sponsorship of Alga Cells. Alga Cells uses the body's own stem cells ability to regenerate tissue to treat joint and spine injuries and pain. Check out their website, algacells.com. Now this week, I went to a conference attended by staff at four major cancer research establishments in London. The Barts Cancer Institute of QMUL, University College London Cancer Centre, King's College Cancer Centre and the Francis Crick Institute. They have come together to make a partnership called the City of London Major Centre and it has a significant objective. There are new types of cancer therapies called biotherapeutics. So this is where we're really trying to understand how to use biological agents, in some cases our own bodies, to try and help treat cancer better. Professor Hody Vila-Dolk and other scientists spoke to me about how they're hoping to achieve this goal. The approach is very cooperative and there are high expectations. I think the most exciting thing is that the City of London Major Centre is really bringing together these institutes to work together. And that's really never been done in this way before. Following on from that, Dr. Sibig Kirko explains how regenerative medicine that essentially uses the body's own healing powers can help repair joints. In this case, specifically arthritic knee joints. So basically what platelets do they initiate the regenerative process. They recruit the cells, uh, including the stem cells, which are in the joint and in, in the surrounding tissue. And they sort of kick them into work. So please do stay with me for a great show. Thank you. This show is cool. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. Nagging pain. We at AlgaCells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. AlgaCells, part of a network of 50 Regenex clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. AlgaCells, life is more beautiful with less pain. A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant, juice bar, and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at hellolove.org. The station that makes you feel good. Good, good, good. 
Before I start the show today, I just want to tell you about a little experiment that I tried the other day. I said to my smart speaker, play the Relax Back UK podcast. And it did. And then I said, play the previous episode. And it did that as well. So it's another way to listen to the Relax Back UK show. So I thought I'd just uh, let you know about that. But I have to say, that's not the real part of the story that I want to I wanna tell you. After I'd done this and uh, it was playing, my daughter came in and as it dawned on her that it was my voice that she could hear, she said, oh, it's you. I thought it was Radio 4. Well, I'm probably not quite at that standard yet, but I'll take any compliments I can. So uh, anyway, do try and listen to the show using your smart speaker and just say, play the Relax Back UK podcast and see if it works for you. On with telling you about the uh, Cancer Research Conference in London that I went to. So this is a very exciting day for me because I'm surrounded by esteemed scientists. I'm actually in the Francis Crick Institute in London and I'm uh, at, a, at a conference and it's the City of London, City of London Major Centre Conference which is sponsored by CRUK. So I think first of all I'm going to get Professor Hodivala Dilk just to give us an outline of what it's all about and this is particularly easy for this part of the interview is very easy for me because I've got to say Professor Hodivala Dilk is also my wife. So <laughs> please tell us what it's all about. So this is a really exciting conference and it represents uh, an annual conference that happens for the CRUK City of London Major Centre. And the City of London Major Centre is also really exciting because that incorporates a partnership of scientists from four different institutes including the Francis Crick Institute where we're standing. University College London, King's College London and the Barts Cancer Institute at Queen Mary University of London. So what this is, is a group of scientists, probably in the region of about 200 different groups, who are all... So when you say group, you mean one lab with one lab head, do you? Sort of directing the work? Each group is a different laboratory uh, that's being, uh, being run by a single principal investigator and, and what it's doing is it's helping us to all really work together and, uh, and, and the overall goal is to really try and understand how we can make therapies work better and how we can identify patients in which those therapies go. Alright, so that, this must be up, if you've got 10 people on average in each lab, you've got 2,000 scientists beavering away, work, working hard and look... Okay, but... A lot, a, lot, a lot of scientists and, and the overall question, the sort of the overall push of the research is, is what? Is it easy to kind of summarise that? Yes, it is easy to summarise because actually so there's a new, there are new types of cancer therapies called biotherapeutics. So this is where we're really trying to understand how to use biological agents and in some cases our own bodies to try and help treat cancer better. But in addition to that, part of the City of London Major Centre has a special focus on radiobiology and radiation therapy. And so there is another arm of this uh, called RADNET, which is Radiation Network, which is another idea to try and understand better how we can improve radiation therapy, make it work better and make it more work, work more efficiently. Okay. Right, so you mentioned this brings in 
different organisations, and you, and, and you mentioned them. So now, and I said I was surrounded by eminent scientists, so now's probably a good idea to bring some of them in and ask them, get them to introduce themselves, and just say what their part in the whole plan is. So please, let me start with uh, you, Rory. No, I read that incorrectly. <laughs> Gary. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Professor Gary Royal, Professor of Cancer Engineering at UCL, and I'm involved in RADNET, which, uh, as Kebs just said, is the uh, way of trying to improve the effectiveness of radiotherapy. Um, roughly half of cancer patients in the UK get radiotherapy as part of their treatment, and for many it's very successful, but for some less so. And we see some patients, their, their cancer comes back after a period of time. And we want to understand what the causes of that are. And so we have a team of researchers across our four institutes and our partner hospitals where we're trying to understand why, why is radiation successful in some and less so in others? How can we improve the success of treating patients with radiation? So is, is, is it more successful in different people or for different cancers or both <laughs> um, mainly different cancers uh, so some respond very well some of the common cancers are very responsive to radiation and patients uh, will survive others less so and we see a recurrence and so through our team of biologists we're trying to understand what are the fundamental causes of that and how we, we can develop drugs and biotherapies to improve and uh, you know improve the success well that i mean that sounds like it could be the topic of another long show so perhaps we should let's part that one and, and move on on to the the next uh, next scientist james please introduce yourself and uh, what you do Hi, so I'm uh, James Arnold from King's College London and I actually work in the field of immunotherapy. So my lab has been working on ways we can harness um, basically the patient's own immune system to fight cancer. So we've done this through a variety of different approaches using small molecule drugs uh, that you can potentially kind of take the brakes off the patient's immune system to actually probably be more prone to actually target the cancer. But we've also been looking at cellular therapies, which means you could basically take cells from a patient's blood, genetically engineer them to put them back into a patient to target the cancer. Okay. That sounds like one of those things that is easy to say and very difficult to do. Actually, I guess this is one of those points of saying about collaborations. So uh, through the centre of London, we've actually um, been supported um, through setting up a new collaboration with uh, University College London. Um, and new groups there that work on these very therapies. So through the actual centre of London, it's kind of broken down the walls and actually supported a collaboration between our two institutes. And so th this is a question from a non-scientist, I have to say. It sounds like this is, is looking at potentially more personalised medicine. Is that, is, is that kind of moving in that direction? Uh, yes. I mean, there are two approaches the medicine can go. I mean, in the current form, uh, probably the simplest is to take uh, samples from the patient. Uh, but ultimately, the way that the therapies are going is it could be that you have off-the-shelf cells that you can actually then engineer and then place back into any patient. Um, but at the moment, the majority of the sort of therapy approaches we're looking at are from the patient themselves. Right. Fantastic. Right. So one more scientist to go. And uh, last but not least, um, yeah, I, I've got difficulty with my glasses here because I have reading glasses and everyone's badges are further away. So, yeah, uh, Victoria. 
Hi, lovely to meet you. And uh, yeah, my name is uh, Professor Victoria Sant Moreno. I work at Bard's Cancer Institute at Queen Mary, University of London. And our group is very interested in understanding a very complex process called metastasis. And metastasis, unfortunately, kills 90% of cancer patients, and we still don't have very good approaches to uh, target this process. And that is essentially when cancer tumor cells spread around the body. Exactly. That's the exact definition. So not all cancer cells can do this. Some of them are very good at doing it. And we want to understand what's different about them so that we can prevent them from spreading around the body. And one of the things we have found that is very interesting about these cells and very dangerous as well is that they have a higher ability to escape the immune response and the immune system and hiding from, uh, you know, our own defenses. So one thing that we're really trying very hard is to block at the same time their ability to metastasize and to escape or evade the immune system so that we get a kind of double um, um, hitting of this. Yeah, a, a double whammy. Exactly. Yeah, All right. I, I, li I like the sound of that. Fantastic. Right, well, absolutely lovely um, to meet you all and hear just in a nutshell what you're doing. I, I, I mean, it's fascinating. I would like to sit down with all of you and really talk um, more at, at some point. So maybe, maybe that would be possible. But just going back to... Uh, Professor Hodivala. I think the most exciting thing is that the City of London Major Centre is really bringing together these institutes to work together. And that's really never been done in this way before. And actually, I think when we started, we were all a little sceptical. But now it's really rolling. And um, if it weren't for CRUK's really generous um, funding, we wouldn't be able to do any of this. So thank you, CRUK. Thank you to all of you who are donating to CRUK. Every single penny counts. And, in, and indeed, the conference is happening at the Francis Crick Institute, where the CRUK is based. So excellent. All right. Once again, many thanks to all of you. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. nagging pain. We at Alka-Cells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. Alka-Cells, part of a network of 50 Regenex clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. Alka-Cells, life is more beautiful with less pain. A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant, juice bar, and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at hellolove.org. The station that makes you feel good. Dr. Zabib Kirka is a consultant in pain medicine. He's a specialist in regenerative orthopaedics. And the first thing I did was just thank him for joining me.
Thank you for inviting me. Great pleasure. So the the, the objective is today actually is to home in on one particular thing you help people with, which is knee arthritis. But before that, I thought it might just be sensible to sort of generalize a little bit on the sort of things that uh, the, the regenerative orthopedics that you do uh, can help with in more general terms. Um, yes, the, yes, the, the regenerative orthopedics is a, is a relatively new subspeciality um, and it's an emerging field in, in uh, orthopedics. Um, and uh, it's been used for treating the arthritis, the degenerative changes in the joints and uh, the spine, uh, and also the sports injuries and um, that sort of conditions. So plenty of musculoskeletal conditions can be treated with uh, with regenerative orthopedics. Okay, all right. So quite quite wide ranging. Um, yes. The, the the idea today is to really talk more about uh, knee arthritis, um, which I think I mean knee pains affect a lot of people, but specific specifically arthritis because there are different sorts of arthritis i think so which 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 arthritis can you help with and the knee arthritis i think the knee is one of the commonest um affected joints um with with arthritis in principle there are two different types of arthritis one is osteoarthritis and this is the one which uh, i would like to focus on um, and the other one is the rheumatoid arthritis Rheumatoid arthritis is a completely different disease. It is a systematic disease. And unfortunately, we can't help people um, a lot with, with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, the other one is uh, psoriatic arthritis, which is associated with psoriasis. This is also more systematic disease. And um, this is, again, not, not the best indication for the regenerative uh, medicine. But we can uh, help and we do uh, see patients with osteoarthritis. Um, and the difference between uh, those three ones is that osteoarthritis is a localized disease. It's a localized inflammation um, that affects basically one joint or multiple joints, but it's not a systemic disease. And um, What's the inflammation of? Is it inflammation of the bones or the tendons or what is it? It's the inflammation. Uh, the inflammation starts in the joint. And for years, we thought that it was the inflammation of the cartilage. Because what we see as an as a effect of, of uh, osteoarthritis is cartilage damage. Um, but now we know that actually the process starts in the bone underneath the, the, the cartilage. So uh, this is where, where the problem starts. Therefore, trying to, to treat cartilage um, might be not fully effective because it's actually dealing with the effect of osteoarthritis where the whole process is happening in the bone. All right, I, okay, I didn't realize this. So you said this is a relative, relatively new kind of way of looking at it. Yes, I mean, the surgeons, they used to do um, one of the orthopedic uh, procedures was to, to improve the, uh, the blood flow uh, in the bone under, the, under the, the cartilage. But this procedure was designed mainly to improve the blood flow to the cartilage. So still the cartilage was on top of, uh, of the list of the, of the um, um, causes of, of arthritis. Whereas now we, we know that this is not there. It's, it's actually effects, not the cause. Okay, interesting. All right, so may, maybe the thing to do is you, if you can take us through 
the procedure, if someone comes to you and they have this arthritis that you can help with, what, you know, they come to see you the first day, what happens? Yes. And what's the rest of the, yes. what's the rest of the procedure? <laughs> Uh, so basically, it is the day surgery procedure. It's done under local anaesthetic. Um, this is something what we uh, we have introduced to our clinic fairly recently. Um, I uh, had a great pleasure to spend uh, some time with Dr. Luna in, in Almeria in Spain, who um, has designed uh, the, the whole process um, to be able to to actually do it in the in the clinic not in the operating theater so it doesn't involve general anesthetic um, it involves local anesthetic only so it's it's much easier for the patient um, and that, that's, and a, that's a big so, deal I mean isn't it because anyone who has had a general general anesthetic will know that actually it can be pretty nasty I, I've had one in my life it was a long time ago but it, it took a few days to recover. And when I came, came sort of came out from uh, being under, I felt horrible. Yes. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, the anesthetics obviously has improved over the years. And uh, but but still, it, it is the medical procedure. It's not free from possible complications and, and side effects. So. Um, being able to avoid the general anesthetic for this procedure is, is absolutely great. And, and local anesthetic, uh, when applied appropriately, is, is absolutely sufficient to patient comfort and, um, and take the patient through the procedure safely and, and comfortably. Um, and um, we, we, take, we take the patient's blood um, where we can get the um, platelets uh, and create the platelet-rich plasma, which we will be injecting into the... And then um, we uh, inject it into the bone. We go, in, instead of going into the joint, we go into the bone above the joint okay. and below let, the let joint. Me, let me so just we are covering... rewind a little bit, if I may, Zabig. So you, you okay. take some of the patient's blood. How much and yep. where from? Um, we take the blood like uh, like for the blood tests, uh, so it's one of the one of the veins, um, and we take oh, probably about a hundred mils of, of blood, so a bit more than for the for the tests, but much less than somebody who is who is a blood donor, um, and we process this blood in in our laboratory to to get uh, the the good dose of concentrated platelets. And these platelets are then injected into the bone um, via and, the and special All that visit, happens on bone. the same visit. So I come to yes. see you. You, you take, take some blood uh, and then you do... Actually, what do you do with it to get the, get the concentrated platelets? It's basically... Um, it's the process um, which happens in the centrifuge. We have to spin it to separate the, the plasma from the, from the red cells. Um, and this is how we how we concentrate the platelets. It's a pretty straightforward process. It takes probably about half an hour, forty minutes to, to okay. proceed. Um, at that time, patient can um, wait in the waiting area. Can go for a coffee, for a walk, uh, whatever. And then they come back. And with the use of ultrasound, we we localize. We were very precise where we where we put the special bone needle. And we slowly inject the platelets, and the, the procedure is done. So the whole process, the whole procedure takes 
all together from patients walking in to patients walking out takes probably about two hours. Okay, that's fantastic. Let's have a bit more detail. So, right, you've just taken my blood. I've gone for a walk around the block, had a coffee. I come back and then it's time for the for the local anaesthetic. What what does that involve? No, oh, <laughs> no. the local anaesthetic. I will put the local anaesthetic um, in the same time when I'm taking your blood. Okay. The reason for that being, and this is the crucial crucial element of, of the success in this procedure, is that local anaesthetic works very quickly if you inject it into the soft tissue. So, you know, if you go to a dentist and they put the local anaesthetic, after 10 minutes, your, your, your half of your face is numb. Yeah, it's very it? fast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's the same. If you inject it into the skin or into the muscle, it will be it will be numb almost immediately. But the surface of the bone requires much longer time for the local anesthetic to kick in. So this is what I've learned from Dr. Luna. And this is, I think, the, 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 the trick in the whole procedure is to put the local anesthetic, the big amount of local anesthetic, uh, a good half an hour or 45 minutes before you actually stick the needle in the in the joint and in the bone. Okay. So I will I will put the local anesthetic at the moment at the time when you when you come for the for for giving blood, um, and then I will let you go. Uh, local anesthetic will do your job once you sip on your coffee, and um, and then I will be working in the laboratory. Um, processing your blood and concentrating the platelets, then you will come back and with the ultrasound guidance, I will make a little drilling into the bone and I will inject the, um, the super concentrated platelets into the bone under the cartilage. Job done. Okay. All right. So going back to the local anesthetic, it's, it's one injection into the joint, is it? It's two injections. It's uh, basically because we are injecting two bones. So we are injecting one bone which is above the above the joint and one which is below the joint. So right. those two bones, they are forming the joint. Okay? And the injection so, actually goes into the bone? Uh, it goes on the surface of the bone, obviously the soft tissue as well, and then on the surface of the bone. So you sort of poke the, the bone. It's it's painless when it's done. It's, 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 it's not hurting. And, then, um, and, there's no, and once that's done... There's no problem being released for half an hour to go for a little walk. No, 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 no. Because basically the concentration of local anesthetic, which we use, is uh, low. So it means that the low concentration of local anesthetic blocks only the, the sensory sensation. So the, the, the feeling, the, the touch, the pain, that sort of sensation, it doesn't block the, the motor part of it. So the joint is still fully functional. Excellent. So then I come, I come back and... Uh, yep. So does the operation, do I have to be kind of clamped completely still? Because, you know, if, if you're drilling a little hole into the surface of my bone, presumably, you know, if I sneeze or something, it's, it's not great. So am I clamped no, still? No, that's, 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 not, that's not a problem. That's, that's not a problem. The, the, the surface and the, and the volume of the bone is, is massive compared to the size of the needle. So, um, so it, 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 won't, it won't affect, and, and people sometimes um, want to move a leg a little bit. That's, that's absolutely fine. And this is, again, another, um, another advantage of um, having patient conscious, because we can communicate. You can tell me, oh, hang on, I, I have to sneeze. 
or you know i have to change my position so you know it's uh, we we are we are in a constant communication and uh, so it's 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 really a very easy process yeah. and, and safe and you, you you mentioned when when you are making the little hole in the bone to put the um platelets into you yeah this is this is you use a, a visual thing to help you and what what sort of visual thing is that uh, we use the ultrasound, um, so we can see exactly where the bone is, we can see exactly where the joint space is, and uh, and it guides us, and we can see actually the needle going into the joint when, when we use the ultrasound. So that's, that's, what, that's what we do. This is that's fascinating. So it is. And, so when when and you actually make a little hole in the bone, how, how deep is the hole? Um, it's basically, it's going like a one, two centimeters into the bone and bear in mind that actually the, the, the middle of the bone is, is, it's the empty space. This is where the bone marrow sits. So okay. you're not drilling in a, you know, in a, in a hard surface, in a hard stuff all the time. It's just getting into the, into this, uh, softer bit. So right. yeah, it's, it, it goes probably to around two centimeters into the bone. Okay. This is fantastic. So. Then you inject the platelets in. So then, can can you describe sort of the uh, the process that yes. Mother Nature then does to kind of heal the bone? Um, yes, it's basically we we use the we use the electric drill, and um, because that gives us a very quick uh, progress of the of the needle. Um, and um, and it takes seconds. Yeah. To get well, in. Actually, what, what what I really meant is once once you've done that, and you know yes. you go home. What's the process that the platelets and what what does okay. Mother Nature actually do to heal your okay. bone? Okay. So the platelets are the little things uh, containing um, a huge amount of uh, very important and potent. Uh, proteins called the growth factors and anti-inflammatory factors. So basically what platelets do, they initiate the regenerative process. They recruit the cells, uh, including the stem cells, which are in the joint and in, in the surrounding tissue. And they sort of kick them into work. Um, and the they, platelets for the tissue are like double espresso shots. You know, it's just uh, yes, and uh, and there is a there's a there's a surge of energy, surge of uh, growth factors, and um, and healing factors, and this is how it happens, and it's absolutely fantastic. The more we learn about it, the more fascinating it is. Yeah. So, so it's a big that the the bone will start to heal. Will that have an effect on on the cartilage, because? Uh, you, as we were talking earlier, uh, the thought used to be that the cartilage essentially wears out and that's the problem. Um, so the cartilage will still have worn out, but will, if the bone regenerates, will, will that have a good knock-on effect for the cartilage? Um, to a degree. Uh, and I think um, it will, the, the main purpose of, of doing this procedure is to improve the function of the joint. So to offer patients um, less painful or painless movement 
Um, and um, better sleep in the night, not being woken up by pain in the in the joint. Uh, so essentially, uh, we are aiming here to improve the functioning, the daily functioning, returning to to, to sports or any activities patients uh, enjoy. Uh, I think that the the um, improvement in anatomy of the joint is is secondary. And I don't think it's it's very important and uh, for for patients. I think for patients more important is to 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 get back to to normal function. And also we have to remember that um, these people are usually candidates for total knee replacement. And um, also we have to bear in mind that uh, in the UK we have about hundred thousand total knee replacements uh, performed a year. Uh, and the statistics is brutal. Uh, 90% of them uh, works well after five years. But it also means that 10% doesn't. Mm. And 10% of 100 is 10,000. That's, that's the big village or a small town of people who actually did not get any improvement from the total knee replacement. And the total um, knee replacement, that's not a two-hour visit. To the, to the doctor, no, is it? This no, is, it's a big, big operation, yes, big operation with low but still a considerable um, amount of, of complications involving anesthetics and, and so on. So I think um, if, we can, if we can even delay the, 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 the operation, um, particularly in the younger patients, and again, we have to remember that younger and younger people are actually having the the operation, now people in their 40s and 50s are going for the new placements. Um, and I would like to just to, to, to say a few words about the absolutely fantastic study which was published in 2021 by uh, Philippe Ernigou, he's a French orthopedic surgeon, he's a pioneer in uh, regenerative orthopedics. And what he did, he gathered 30 patients with a knee, a knee arthritis in both joints, in both knees, okay? So in each patient, he injected into the joint in one knee and into the bone in the other knee, okay? So each patient had two treatments. One was traditional injection uh, stem cells or platelet-rich plasma into the joint, and the other knee was injected with the into, into the bone. And he watched them for 10 years, okay? So it's a very, very long follow-up time. So for 10 years, and he found out that after 10 years, in the group um, where the, the, the joints which were um, injected into the, um, into the bone, 20% needed the replacement, the operation, mm -hmm. compared to 70% of the joints, which was simply just the injection into the joint. Okay, so it's a massive difference. And also he noted that all patients over these 10 years were more comfortable with the knee uh, that had the injection into the bone. So that gave them definitely better improvement in, in function. All right, so no, I think this is a very convincing study. No, this, this is good news, very, certainly good news. I mean. Some people might argue that an N of 30 is not so huge, but you know, you've got to, you've got, you've got to start somewhere. Yes. Um, when, when a patient comes to see you and they, they have, this is 
a very difficult question, by the way, probably unfair. <laughs> so just a poor thing. When a patient comes to see you and has the procedure done, what sort of time frame might it be before they uh, start to feel a difference? Um, some of them, surprisingly, uh, they feel a difference um, almost, almost immediately. Um, but I would say that the full effect would develop within, I would say, probably, I, I would give it a three months. Right. Um, of the gradual, gradual uh, improvement. And also, so re recovering from the procedure is, well, hours, really, or, or, or minutes. Yes, we, we usually ask patients to, to um, be careful with, um, with excessive usage of the joint for um, two or three days, just to give it a rest and, um, and make the bone um, recovering from, from this drilling. Uh, but really, it's, it's, it's much less um, cumbersome for them compared to recovering from operation. That's, that's obvious. I suppose what I'm really thinking of is, you know, if, if, you, if you're dealing with someone who's kind of frail, a bit elderly, having a major operation is a big deal. But having this done to you sounds like it might be, you know, a lot more feasible. Yes, I think so. And I think this is this is a great, great opportunity for patients who, for some reasons, they can't have anesthetics because they are too frail. And um, they might be feasible for, for the operation, for the knee replacement, but unfortunately they can't, can't, can't have it because um, they are too frail. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I, I get that. Um, one thing that I, if, if you say, if, if you have this treatment and uh, it works and you carry on living your life, but then you start getting uh, the knee pain again, you know, in, in a few years time, is it possible to repeat it? Yes, yes, that's another beauty of regenerative orthopedics. There's no risk of overdose because we are using patients' own tissue, own blood. Um, so yes, all these procedures can be, can be repeated when needed. Okay, that, no, that, that's good to know. What, one thing which um, I, I have to ask is that essentially you're tricking the body into growing more bone cells, you know, regenerating the bone, that, that, that kind of thing. What people might think, hang on a moment, if we're sort of getting the body to reproduce more cells that it might not have done, is, is, there, any, is there any danger of, of, of uh, it getting out of control and it sort of becoming cancerous? Because ca cancer is essentially new cells growing out of control. Um, are, there, are there any risks there? That's that's the excellent question, and um, and um, I'm very pleased I can I can clarify it. Um, again, a few years ago, um, again, Philippe Ernigou, um has done a massive study on over two thousand patients, um, whom he treated with uh, stem cells and platelets, uh, and he compared them with another two thousand patients who didn't have these treatments, and he watched them for, on average, 15 years. And then he looked how, what, what was the incidence of any, any cancers in the body in those two groups. And there is no difference. Right. So that's, that was actually the study uh, the, the orthopedic fraternity was waiting for, because that sort of opened the gate and said, yes, 
doing using stem cells and using platelets is safe from that perspective. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So it, it, it seems like there are only pluses, but are, are, are there any potential negatives you can think of? Um, I don't think so, really, because, as I said, it's, it's a fairly simple treatment. Um, the only negative is that, obviously, uh, it might not work. I, I would never, never dare to say that it will help 100% of people, of patients. Uh, that, that it's not happening. Um, so there might be a group of people who will not uh, benefit from it. There might be a group of people who will have a very limited benefit. But I think that balancing the, the, the risks and potential benefits, the, the, the gravity is on, on benefits rather than on risks. So, so I think it's worth trying before operation, because once the operation is done, um, there's not much we can do. Um, so I think that regenerative orthopedics should be placed somewhere above the surgery on this sort of treatment algorithm. The patients should be given an opportunity to at least think and ask questions about it. And they might not like it, and they might say, oh, no, yeah, that's not for me, I'm going for the operation. Fine, that's, that's absolutely fine. But I think, with all fairness, they should have the opportunity to think about it and, and to get the reliable and honest information. So actually, is, is this type of treatment available on the NHS currently? I come I, I assuming it's not. Um, it's not uh, available on NHS. However, I uh, found uh, fairly recently, I found a document issued by uh, NICE, so National Institute of the um, Health um, Excellence, um, issued in 2019, just before pandemic. So that's why I think it's sort of, it was buried in, um, in, um, in, in the pandemics. Sure. Um, and this is actually the guideline for patients um, who consider having uh, the platelet-rich plasma for the knee arthritis. And it actually says, NICE says, yes, uh, it's okay to have it, um, providing you will have um, provide enough information uh, regarding the treatment. You will be followed up uh, properly after the procedure and so on. So basically, NICE is saying, well, actually, we think um, it might be a good thing to have the platelets uh, injected for, for your arthritic knee. Well, I mean, it seems like it, it, it could be a, a cost-saving thing for the NHS, certainly. Um, if the, you know, it's not such a big operation. It's all a bit quicker. Um, so anyway, I guess time will tell how that pans out. Yes. Yes, I, I think it, it usually, you know, these are not things which which tend to happen immediately. Uh, it simply takes time. Um, but I think the time will come, definitely. Yeah. No, I understand. But but for now, if people are listening to this and thinking, goodness, you know, this, this sounds really interesting. This could potentially help me or, you know, a loved one in my family. How can people find out um, a little bit more? I'm kind of assuming you must have a website with lots of information on it. But what are some good sources? Um, yes, I think I think uh, there are some some uh, some sources on our website, which is the um, algocells.com, and also I am listed on the website of the top doctors, and I've written an article there uh, about the platelet-rich plasma, and there should be fairly soon an article on the uh, platelet-rich plasma for the knee replacement as well, or for the for the knee arthritis as well over there. 
So um, yes, there, there are plenty of of, of um, resources, and uh, obviously patients are very welcome to to come to us and talk to us. Okay, all right. So your your contact details are on your website as well. Yes, they are, of course. Excellent. That's algacells.com. All right, uh, Zibig, look, thank you very much indeed for talking. This, this really does sound very interesting, and I think it could potentially help a lot of people. So many thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much to my guests on this week's show. And they were the scientists that I spoke with at the City of London Major Centre Cancer Conferences. And they were Professor Hodivala Dilk, otherwise known as my wife, Professor Gary Raw, Professor James Arnold, and Professor Victoria Santa Marina, and also Dr. Sabig Kierkor from Algacells. And of course, they are the sponsor for this week's show. So a special thanks to Algacells who bring regenerative orthopedic medicine to the UK. And you can see their website, it's algacells.com. Um, and if you or a loved one are in pain, do have a look. And of course, a very special thank you to everyone else for listening. And please do tune in next week. That was the Relax Back UK show with me, Mike Dill. Thank you for listening and please do join us again next time.